ladies and gentlemen, in your lifetime and in my lifetime, we have gone all the way in the culture from Madonna singing Papa Don't Preach into the churches and the churches are saying preachers don't preach. The time will come when they will have itching ears and they will turn their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables myths. But Paul gives a word concerning apostasy and with a note of urgency he says to the young preacher, Preach the word! That's what God wants the preacher to do in this day. Chapter 30, I love the book of Psalms, the book of praise. Psalm chapter 30, and let's begin reading. Uh, the Bible said a psalm and a song at the dedication of the house of David. I will extol thee, O Lord, for thou hast lifted me up, and hast not made my foes to rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried unto thee, and thou hast healed me. O Lord, thou hast brought up my soul from the grave. Thou hast kept me alive, that I should not go down to the pit. Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. For his anger endureth but a moment, and his favors lie. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. And in my prosperity I said I shall never be moved. Lord, by thy favor thou hast made my mountain to stand strong. Thou didst hide thy face, and I was troubled. I cried to thee, O Lord, and unto the Lord I made supplication. What profit is there in my blood when I go down to the pit? Shall the dust praise thee? Shall it declare thy truth? Hear, O Lord, and have mercy on me. Lord, be thou my heifer. Thou hast turned for me my mourning in the dancing. Thou hast put off my sackcloth and girded me with gladness to the end that my glory may sing praise to thee and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give thanks unto thee forever. Our Father God, we thank you for this good word of God. Pray you'd bless now the reading of the scripture. Touch your unworthy servant. Help me for a little while. I pray you'd bless the hearts of the people, Lord, with the word of God. May uh, Jesus receive the preeminence. Uh, and Lord, encourage the saints and help sinners to come to thee. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, here's a song uh, that uh, David is writing at the dedication of the house of David. And the reason I know that is because that's what it says there in them little bitty, ver little bitty words right there. Uh, at the dedication at the house of David. And I look down here in verse number 5, and uh, it says, uh, His anger endureth but for a moment. Uh, in his favor's life, weeping may endure for the night, uh, but joy cometh in the morning. And I look down at verse number 11 and it says, Thou hast turned for me my mourning in the dancing. Thou hast put my, off my sackcloth and girded me with gladness. I think that David was speaking from his heart here in these verses. I really do. Uh, he, when he said that, uh, weeping may endure for a night. Uh, I'll tell you, David knew what it was to weep, neighbor. Uh, I, I thought of all the times in the Scripture 
uh, when David wept. Uh, and I think uh, uh, about the times in the Scripture uh, uh, when David danced before God uh, uh, with gladness in his heart. Uh, I want to tell you something, dear pilgrim. Uh, uh, this world is not our home. Uh, uh, we're just passing through uh, in search of yonder city. Uh, I'll say there'll be a midnight uh, uh, when we'll spend the night uh, uh, weeping. Amen. Uh, uh, pass the nights in mourning. Uh, uh, amen. And brother, when you get a time like this, when you can laugh and rejoice and enjoy the blessing of God, you'd better enjoy it, amen. Brother, better get all you can get because there's going to be a lot of tears. There's going to be some broken hearts. Tears dropping off your face. Right places along the way. And did you know laughing is contagious? It is. It's like a yawn. When you start yawning, somebody will yawn with you. You start laughing. Somebody will laugh with you. Amen. But I'll tell you a lot of times you have to weep by yourself, neighbor. A lot of times you'll mourn and weep by yourself. Amen. Listen, I thought about this. David, I wondered what maybe he was referring to when he wrote this psalm. He may have been referring to the time when he was running from Saul. You remember when they came back from the slaughter of the Philistines, the women danced in the streets and they sang, Saul has slain his thousands, but David has slain his ten thousands. And that old green-eyed monster called Jealousy got into the heart of Saul. And he started after David. And you remember the story of David's running for his life. He's trying to hide out in the mountains. I can see him crawl off by himself one night. Everybody's asleep in his army. A little band of maybe four to six hundred men laying out down there in the meadow somewhere. And old David crawls up there and gets his head on a rock. And tears are running out. And his hearts are breaking. And he begins to say, How long? How long, Lord? Am I going to have to run like this? I felt like a little rabbit being chased by a hound. And no doubt, his heart was breaking. And he wept through the night. How long? Before the holy anointing oil had run over David. He was king. He wasn't on the throne yet. But he was king. Amen. Brother, he lay there and wept through the night. Listen, he said, Joy is coming one day after a while. Amen. Joy. My morning's going to be turned to gladness one day. And brother, sure enough, one day David's sitting on the throne. And brother, he's king. Hallelujah. And listen, joy. Joy rules. And joy reigns. Amen. I thought about, uh, he might have been referring to the time when he had that affair, that illicit relationship with Bathsheba. And that baby was born. How God afflicted that baby. How for seven days and nights, David lay before God. And he was praying for the life of that baby. And no doubt, uh, uh, he thought, uh, about that verse, weeping may endure for the night, but joy is coming in the morning. And they come to him, told him the baby was dead. 
And David got up and washed himself and anointed his head. And he went in and sat down and called for food. And they asked him, said, Well, why was you carrying on like that? When the baby's alive, said, Now that the baby's dead, you're seemingly... He said, I can't bring it back. He said, I can go where he is. Amen. And the brother, he may have been referring to that time. Amen. Now listen, whatever it was, he was referring to that weeping may endure for now the joy's coming in the morning and down there in verse 11 he said that thou tired for me that my morning in the dancing that thou put off my sackcloth and girded me with gladness I want to preach a little while God let me I want to preach on when gloom is turned to gladness I'm glad hallelujah that one of these days all the dark clouds will be gone I'm glad thank God that gloomy things are going to pass away. Amen. Let me tell you three or four things when gloom is turned to gladness. I want to say first of all when prayers are answered. You know it's hard to be gloomy but when God gets to answering your prayers I'll tell you it's hard to be sad. It's hard to have the mully grubs but when God in heaven is giving you an audience and when God is hearing and hey, when your prayer is moving things around in heaven, I'll tell you, it's hard to be sad. Amen. We used to sing the old song when I was a boy back out in the mountains in the little church we went to. They had sang the song, Telephone to Glory. I like it. Said the central's never busy, always on the line. Said you can hear from heaven, uh, amen, almost any time. Oh, thank God, I'm glad I've called up heaven, amen. I've never been put on hold. I've never got a stinking answering machine. I've never had a secretary tell me that God was too busy and that He'd have to get back to me later. Glory to God. I'm glad I've called up heaven and got a answer. Amen. Amen. I've called on Him. In the wee hours of the midnight. Amen. AT&T spent millions coming up with that uh, uh, emergency 911 thing. But God's had an emergency number for you. Hey, for centuries of time, let me give you God's telephone number. Now write it down. Now this is God's telephone number. That J-E-R-3-3-3. Amen. That J-E-R-3-3-3. That's God's phone number. Call unto me, He said. Just call me up. Hallelujah. Call unto me. And I'll answer thee. And show thee great and mighty things that thou knowest not. Call him. He didn't say call up the brethren. 
He didn't say, uh, call up the denominational missionary. Uh, he didn't say, call up uh, some group or some clique. Uh, but thank God He said, call unto me and I'll answer thee. I've called on Him from the hospital room and He's answered. I've called on Him in the dark hours of my life and He's answered. Hallelujah. I've called on Him when my youngins were sick and there wasn't any blue cross and blue shield and there wasn't any money in the bank and there wasn't any money in the pocket and I've called on Him that me and that little woman gather around that sick baby's bed and call on God and I've watched that fever go down. I've watched God that's my youngins. Hallelujah to God. I'm glad you can call on Him. And He'll answer. Amen. Woo. Called on Him when a bill needed to be paid. Call. He said, call unto me. I'll tell you something, son. It's hard to be gluten when God's answered your prayer. Hey, I was reading in the Word of God. Uh, over in the book of Samuel, there's the story of a woman by the name of Hannah. And the Bible said Hannah was having a hard time. Now, the devil was giving her a hard time. She couldn't have any children. And Elkanah, her husband, he was a good man. And Elkanah was taking his family up to the house of God. And Hannah was sad. And her countenance was dropped. And brother, she was walking along sad. Oh, Elkanah said unto her, that said, I'm better to you than ten sons. That said, I'm good to you, girl. But that didn't help her. I tell you, she wanted a little boy baby that she could nestle to her bosom. That she was sad and downhearted as she walked along the dusty road. I could see tears drop off her chin and hit the dusty road as she gets up to the house of God and gets over there by herself and begins to pray. And she says, O Lord God of hosts, that said, Wilt thou give unto thine handmaiden a man-child? Wilt thou? And O Eli saw her over there, the saw her lips moving. That she wasn't praying out loud. That she was praying in her heart. And O Eli saw her lips moving. And he said, Why, how long are you going to be drunk? I said, I said How long are you going to... And she said, Preacher, you done got me wrong. I said, I'm not one of them children of Belial. I said, I got a burden on my heart. And he said, Just tell it to the God of Israel. And just give it to God. Amen. And I'll guarantee you, son, less than a year from that day, that there was a celebration down at El Canine's house. Hallelujah. There was a celebration going on. Oh, why? A little boy baby had been born. Hey, man, a little boy had been born. A few years later, he's weaned that boy. He's giving to God. They're going up to the house of God. I can see she ain't sad this time. Her head's thrown back. There's a smile on her face. Amen. There's a spring in her step. Hallelujah. Why? There's a little old boy running along beside her. Kicking gravels and jumping up and down 
and chasing butterflies. And she gets him up there to the house of God. And she said, Preacher, you remember me? And she dragged that little boy out behind her skirt tail. And she said, For this child I ask. And said, I asked God for him. And said, He gave him to me. Hey, she wasn't sad that she didn't have a set of money grabs. But bless God, she was rejoicing. Hard to be sad when God's answering your prayer. When my son got married several years ago, well, what, about 11 years ago, I guess, 12, uh, he married Tracy Martin from down here in the, around Brunswick, down that area. And uh, right after they got married, we had a, She's about 18 years old. We had a camp meeting we had to go to out in Texas, out in Houston. And we took two carloads out there to that camp meeting. Boy, we had a great meeting. And Friday night, we was planning on leaving after church and driving back to Georgia, drive all night. Not where I could be there Saturday night and don't be ready to go Sunday morning and and, the, and I preached the last message in that camp meeting on Friday night. And uh, we got in those two cars and we had it divided up. Uh, uh, you know, so, uh, uh, so we'd drive so many hours each, you know, uh, and it wouldn't be hard on anybody. Uh, and listen, it come my time to drive about three o'clock in the morning. Always comes my time about three o'clock. And it came Tracy's turn about three or four o'clock that morning. And so here we go. We finish out the morning. We're driving up there. And if anybody you've ever driven all night, you know that when that sun starts coming up, sun, and it starts getting daylight, that's the hardest time to try to stay awake. And the boy, I was, I was in front and I could look in that rear view mirror and, and, and pretty soon it got light enough that I could see back there. And little Tracy, she was a fighting it, boy. And she was a slap in her face, you know. They're trying to stay awake. And I thought the thought went through my mind. I said, we'd better pull over and let somebody else drive. She ain't going to make it much further. And we're running about 70 miles an hour. And listen, the minute that thought went through my mind, I saw that Oldsmobile make a turn to the right at 70 miles an hour and go down off of that interstate. There was a big old bunch of pine trees out there. And she was heading right for it. That's the last time I saw that. That car, I mean, just that for a second, but it went out of sight. And hey, I didn't have time to pray around the world. I didn't go through all these preliminaries. Oh Lord God Omnipotent, hey, you know all that stuff. From the depth of my heart, I cried, Oh God, Oh God. About that time, son, I looked in that rearview mirror, and here I saw the bottom of that car come back up onto the highway. And it bounced out in the highway. And it's fish tailing down the road. Hey, man, I'll tell you, buddy, that we, we parked over there. And we got out. And we had us a camp meeting right there on the side of the road. Hey, man. Hey, we wasn't a crying. That we wasn't a complaining. That we wasn't a criticizing. That we was a shouting. That because God had answered our prayer. Hard to be sad when God starts answering your prayer. You got any prayers needs answering tonight? 
And it's hard to be sad when problems are solved. In Mark chapter 10, it talks about a man who was born blind. And uh, he was over on the highway side. Baby. I'll tell you, that's what sin will do. That's a picture of sin, boy. Sin will make a beggar out of it. We had old boy sitting over there uh, by the highway side of begging. And listen, uh, in verse 49 of Mark 10, he began to cry out to God, and the Bible said Jesus stood still. He could have kept going. But he stopped. I'm glad he stopped by the 11th Avenue Baptist Church in Dalton, Georgia, 36 years ago, when a little old blind beggar cried out to him, Hallelujah! I'm glad he stopped, ain't it? And you know what he said? He said to that old blind boy, he said, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? I'll tell you, that's a blank check, neighbor. He said, Just fill it in. What do you want? Whatever you want. He could have asked for anything. He could have asked for a castle full of gold. He could have asked for a gold chariot with silver wheels. He could have asked for anything. But you know what he said? He said, Lord, that I might receive my sight. Amen. what he needed. He needed to see. That's what you need tonight. If you're not, if you're not saved, if you're lost and undone without God, you need to see. <clears throat> the Bible said immediately he received his sight. I'm glad it's not on the installment plan. Amen. I'm glad, listen, the Bible said he followed Jesus in the way. Think about this. He came one way but he went back another way. <laughs> hey, I can see. I can see that old blind boy groping along the wall. Uh, amen. Oh, dirty, tattered clothes. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe a no quill thrown over his shoulder. Had a little old tin cup in his hand. And he's groping along and he's trying to get over there uh, where people are passing by. And he sits down over there. And brother, uh, puts that little old tin cup out there. And the Jesus passed by. That puts sight in his eyes. Amen. And he went away. Hey, I'll guarantee you one thing. He got up from there. He was different. He didn't get up and scratch his belly. He said, well, I'll see you, boy. Merry Christmas to everybody. No! I believe he's doing double backflips all the way to town. His problem had been solved. He came one way, he went back another way. You ask me why I'm happy? I'll just tell you why. My sins are gone. <laughs> Amen. You got any problems? Hey, I pastored for all those years, and I'm back in, I, I was in evangelism for eight years, and now I'm back in the pastor again. And I'll tell you, all those years, I, I'd nail it down on this side, and it'd flop up over here. And I'd nail it down over there and it'd flop up in the middle. Just something all the time. Amen. 
Not just some kind of problem all the time. I'll tell you what. You can get to God. And you watch God. Well, I mean, hey, there's been times I've had to deal with things. And I'm a person, I hate confrontation. I like everything smooth and quiet and easy. Amen. But, I, but hey, every once in a while, boy, now the preacher has to deal with something. Amen. And boy, I, I, there's been times uh, I'd get me a jug of water in my Bible uh, and I'd go off in that study somewhere. Uh, I'd stay two or three days of fasting and a praying uh, and a begging God to help that situation I was in. Uh, and boy, I'd watch God a lot of times. Uh, that me not have to say a word. Uh, that not have to do nothing. Uh, I'd watch God take that big old eraser. That start erasing them problems. Hallelujah. That start taking care of it. That me not have to do nothing. That God say, hey, it's hard to be sad. It's hard to be gloomy. It's hard to be sad when God takes care of them problems. Amen. Amen. I'll give you something else. I lost some hanks. Sweats in my Ain't nothing on that, is it? Thank you. I'll get back to you. Let me give you another. Oh, there it is. When will gloom be turned to gladness, preacher, when that prodigal comes home? When that prodigal gets back. Hey, man. Somebody said the other day, there was two that wasn't happy. There was two that wasn't glad. But when that prodigal come home, now I knew, they, uh, I knew that elder brother wasn't too happy about it. He got to pouting. He was, everybody else was a shouting. But he was a pouting. He wasn't even coming to the house. I know he didn't like it much. And I said, who's that other? And they said, it's that fatted calf. Now that fatted calf wasn't too happy about it. Let us see that boy come home. Hey, but I believe that old daddy was looking for him, don't you? I can see that old daddy. I can see him go out there to the edge of the porch and uh, he's standing there uh, looking down that road. Uh, the same road that old boy throwed that knapsack over his back uh, and headed down that road. Uh, I can see him looking down. The uh, mama's standing in there cooking uh, in the kitchen. She's one of them old-fashioned mamas. Uh, they got her hair up in the ball, you know. Uh, they got on one of them big old aprons with the square pockets on it. Uh, and she's standing there and she's got a little tear in her eye. Uh, and she says, Dad, uh, is there any side of him? Uh, and old dad says, No, mama. Uh, let's just keep praying. Now let's keep praying. Now that night I see them gather around an altar and they're holding hands and are weeping and are begging God. I'll tell you that we may not be able to put it in our theological symbols. We may not be able to analyze it and get all the answers. But I'll tell you, God can work on both ends of the line. That God can break your heart over that old prodigal. And that old prodigal down there in that hog pen that God can make that sin exceedingly sinful that God can break his heart in me. Mama gets to bombarding heaven. Daddy gets to bombarding heaven. And the preacher gets to bombarding heaven. And God moves in down there on that old boy's heart. Squeezes all the juice out of it. 
That's what that husk means. He said he desired to that husk. That means all the juice has been squeezed out of it. And there ain't no more pleasure. And he comes to himself and he says, What a numbskull I am. They said, Why? They said, My father's servants have got it better than I have. They're up there eating good cornbread and pinto beans and fried taters. And here I am. Down here in this hog pen. What a numbskull I am. Hey, what I'm going to do, I'm going to the house. And I'm going to say, Father, I've sinned against heaven in my sight. The Bible said, the father saw him a great way off. He had compassion. And he ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And I didn't read in there one time where daddy asked him where he'd been. He knew where he'd been. Hey. You can work around the chicken house all day. We we raise chickens up here in North Georgia. You can work around them chicken houses all day. Go to the house and take your good bath. Splash on some of that Channel 5 stuff. <coughs> and go to church. And nobody will know where you've been. But you mess them hogs all day, son. Hey, we used to fool with them old hogs. I'm telling you, they're the nastiest things. I'm telling you, I hated them things. I, listen, they, they're, they're filthy. And them old hogs, they just, they like to waller in that muck and mire. And seem like, boy, when they get out, you know, you have to chase them crazy things and get them back. And hey, I've went to the house and I've had that stuff all over my head. And hey, you can wash and lava soap. You can scrub and scrub and you cannot get it off there. Still smell like you can take a bath in Channel Five, and they'll still know where you've been. I thought, hey, that's a picture of grace. Son. God didn't ask him where he'd been. He said, put a robe on him, put shoes on his feet, had a ring on his head. Let me close with this: When will bloom be turned to gladness, preacher? When we stand in His presence. I've sung about him, Brother Larry. I've preached about him. I've testified of his grace and goodness. One day I'm going to see him. Faith is going to be turned aside. Hallelujah. John was on the Isle of Patmos. Patmos is not a tropical island. Patmos is a rock island. And old John was on that island. All he could see all around him, what nothing but water, seas surrounding him. Every morning he got up, and looked toward the east and the west or the north and the south. All he could see was that sea, that body of water. When God let him get up there and see that new heaven and that new earth, first thing he said was, "There ain't no more sea." It's hard looking at it. Said, "There ain't no more." That sea speaks of storms. All the storms that ever blow across the land start out to that sea. God says they ain't going to be more storms. To come crashing in and tearing everything up and scattering things from hither to yonder. There ain't going to be no more storms. 
cease to be separation. My uncle Howard, my daddy's brother, he was in World War II. He was a few years older than my daddy. My dad uh, said Uncle Howard came in on furlough after he'd had his training. 1942. He said he stayed around the house there. They had good time. So that morning, Howard was Skip out, he was going overseas. That's what they used to call it. Going overseas. Separation. Howard got up that morning, he was supposed to skip out. He come into the, to the kitchen, into the breakfast table, and he had his uniform on. Had that old duffel bag sitting by the door. He said, my grandpa had held up real good. That moment. He said he broke down and cried at the breakfast table. Howard was going away. So when they got out to Murphy, North Carolina, Howard got on the bus. He hugged my granny goodbye and my grandpa. He turned to my, uh, my daddy and he pulled my daddy aside and he said, he called his name. He said, Listen, don't you dare say a word to mom and daddy. He said, I don't think I'll come back. I just got a feeling in my heart that I was coming. And he gave my daddy a list of things he wanted him to do in the event that he didn't come back. And so enough, a few months went by and they got the telegram that Howard had been killed in action. And daddy said that when they sent Howard's personal belongings home, said my granny would sit out there on that porch and she'd rock and she'd hold some of those things and she'd cry. And she'd say, he's over yonder across the sea. Said, I don't even know if he got a Christian burial. Said, I don't know. He's across the sea. That sea speaks of separation. And many of us have stood around the bedside. We've said goodbye to those that we love dear. And we've watched them slip away. Separate. But old John said, There'll be no more sin, no more separation. Hallelujah. Hey, we'll be home one day. Hallelujah. And we'll stand in his presence. And tears will be wiped away. And all acquaintances will be renewed. And we'll shake hands with mom and dad again. And we'll, and we'll renew our friendships of old. Thank God that we'll stand in his presence. Shake hands with mom and dad again. And we'll, and we'll renew our friendships of old. Thank God that we'll stand in His presence. And gloom will be turned to glass for the last time. It'll be joy and rejoice forevermore. Let's stand together, please, Pastor, you come.